Welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. As most of you know, there has been a shift that has happened recently in the podcast. I'm not only talking about God's good design for birth, but also his beautiful design for marriage and motherhood. The deeper you go in, the more you will find how everything about our femininity is so connected. Birth is such a beautiful thing, but it's not merely a physical event. It's also emotional and spiritual. I believe that our creator God designed birth so well. Carrying a child and birthing that child is such a wonderful event in a woman's life. Today on the show, I interview Bethany Beal from Girl Defined Ministries. Bethany is head over heels in love with her best friend and husband, David, and is the super proud mommy of Davy Jr. She is a co-founder of Girl Defined Ministries, author of several books, including Shine Bright, 60 Days to Becoming a Girl Defined by God, and is passionate about spreading the truth of biblical womanhood. To her family and close friends, she's simply a tall, blonde Texan who is obsessed with ice lattes and can't get enough of her sweet little family. I was just so excited to have her on the show to take a deeper dive into what biblical womanhood looks like and how feminism has creeped into homes without us ever really knowing. She shares her homebirth story and we just had a great time. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm Allie McLean, registered nurse, home birth doula, and former feminist. My mission is to guide you into the freedom that is God's design for femininity, birth, and motherhood. There's a movement happening of powerful women uniting around finding out God's best for us. You're going to find information here that you won't find in your basic childbirth education class. You'll hear stories of women and birth professionals who are experiencing the redeeming experience that birth can be. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your way from pregnancy to postpartum and beyond. Are you ready to go on a Holy Spirit-empowered adventure? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. Well, hi, Bethany. Thank you for the show, for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. And would you just take a minute and introduce yourself? Tell my audience who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Bethany Beal. I'm from Texas. I've been married for about two and a half years and have a little 14-month-old son. So I'm a new-ish mom, loving that and learning a lot along the way. I'm also the co-founder of a ministry called Girl Defined Ministries, where we just try to help women understand their design and their purpose and just all the unique things about them and why they're made that way. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Oh, I love it. And that's important work. I mean, it is transformational, life-changing, and I am so excited to be talking more about that. I actually listened to you on another podcast and Mm. loved what you had to say about biblical womanhood. And so I reached out to you and you so graciously agreed to come on and talk with me. So, Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Well, I love everything that you're doing. It's kind of a combination of 
all the things I love. I love oh. birth. I love new motherhood stuff. And I also love biblical womanhood and just some of the topics you've been tackling. So it's like the perfect combination. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am so excited. I actually started following you after I had emailed you and I realized yeah. you actually had a home birth with your first. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh my gosh. We talk about home births a lot here. So yeah. I'm really excited that you're just willing to come on and talk about some of these hard subjects. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I am from a family with eight kids and I actually am the third oldest. And from me, I'm number, you know, three in line from me until the last one. So six of us, we were all home births and I was actually present at many of my mom's home births. So, and I actually, crazy enough, I actually use the same midwife that my mom used for like her last three. So it's like the generational midwife. (laughs) And so it was honestly hilarious while my midwife was here and, you know, with her assistants and stuff. And I was in labor multiple times. She called me Heidi, which is my mom's oh name my because she was gosh. having like flashbacks. <laughs> Cause I was like doing a lot of the similar things, I guess, like mother, like daughter. So it was uh-huh. so funny. I remember like, she's calling me Heidi right now. What? My name's <laughs> Bethany. <laughs> it was hilarious. So, but that is so special too, having that generational midwife yes. there. Like that's a relationship that is so special to have. I, know. I just love it. It was crazy. Oh man. Well, today's episode, we're going to be hopping into and talking a little bit deeper about biblical womanhood and just a little bit about feminism and motherhood and pregnancy, all the things. So I'm really excited, but can you give us a quick rundown of what the culture says that being a woman is, or just a little Mm. snapshot about what's going on in the culture in regards to feminism? Yeah. I mean, It's really hard because when you think of feminism, I mean, the definitions and what people say, like, no, this is what it means to me. It's kind of, you know, somewhat been changing, I guess, you know, even over the last few years, we've seen Mm -hmm. like a big push up, like, oh, you know, toxic masculinity. And it's, Uh you know, like a lot of feminists pushing like, oh, men, they're just kind of like the worst, you know, we're just, (laughs) you feel like every celebrity, every person who is in the spotlight just, you know, I don't know, claims victimhood somehow about their womanhood. And if only some things were different, then it would be, you know, better. But I think really when it comes down to it, it's feminism to me today is so much about like putting yourself as number one Mm -hmm. and putting everyone else behind you. And really when it comes to men, it's not just anymore, in my opinion, of what I'm seeing and hearing of saying like, okay, we need to be equal with men. It's really that we need to be like better than them and further than Mm -hmm. them. And they need to be like almost groveling to us. And I just think that's so incredibly sad that we have Mm -hmm. really, it's become this battle. And instead of appreciating the differences, we've really started to hate them. And it's so many ways we've started to like hate the very things that make us female and make us women. Um, And, you know, it's no secret now that it's like even so many aspects of our womanhood are being almost like hijacked from us where a man can say, well, I'm a woman or I want to be like her. And now they're, you know, you see all the, the, the issues with women's sports and stuff. And so I just think it's sad that we have pushed men away so far and pushed our femininity, our own womanhood away so far to now like right now, I feel like we barely even know what it is and we don't even know what makes us women. We don't even know what makes us unique and special. And to me, that is so sad. And I just think of the next generation and I'm like, how sad that as of right now, that's the kind of world that they're growing up in, you know, that we don't even know what it means to be a woman, but we're, it's like, we're spinning our wheels and fighting for something that we no longer even know. So I, I feel like it's very confusing right now. 
a lot of women, if you ask them, like, what does feminism mean to you? They would just say like, oh, for equality. But when you look out into the culture and you look at what's actually being portrayed, I mean, just think of like the song of the year, WAP, you know, this, oh my. in my opinion, horrible song, but it's like, right. as a culture, we're saying this is what we love. And we're literally putting it on the stage, watching it, celebrating it. Who's giving the views on Spotify? You know, who's watching the TV? It's us, the people in this society. And so when we're saying this is what we praise about womanhood, it's like, we have lost complete focus of what makes us special. Now we're just degrading ourselves to mere objects, throwing our bodies around on stage and getting, you know, making just crazier and crazier <laughs> like images and pictures of ourselves. It's it's just ridiculous. So I think that reclaiming some of that and reminding ourselves of just the decency, respect and value that our creator has given us. I just think we would see so much more just joy and happiness and fulfillment. But until we do that, I think we're just going to, you know, we're going to see more insane stuff play out. Oh, that is so true. And what I'm seeing too, and you can maybe add to this, but it is more of like a power switch. And so we see, oh, well, men have so much power in our minds. We're like, men are the powerful ones. Men are in control. And so it's not like we even want to be equal than that. It's we want to be above that and have more power than they do. And so that's what we're really fighting for. We're not fighting for equality anymore. Like we have equality. Oh, for sure. It's more of the power we want. It's a power grab. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, and I am a Christian, so I view it through a Christian lens. And Mm -hmm. I think that for all of us in life, men or women, I mean, our natural instinct, our natural sinful temptation is going to be to put ourselves first, to always Mm -hmm. put ourselves number one, to get ourselves the benefit of the doubt. And so it makes sense that we as women, no matter where we are in life, would look and say, okay, how can I make myself number one? Not how can I look around and love and support and serve and Mm -hmm. give to those around me, but how can I like make myself better and make other people basically, in a sense, like praise and worship me, you know? And so it's kind of like we've fallen so far into that example exactly what you're saying, where even though some would say, yes, well, we've gotten equality where things are, (laughs) things are equal, you know, many would say like, no, but we need to be higher up. We need to be in, you know, more power. We need them to report to us, you know, and Mm -hmm. until we have that, it's not good enough, but we know that the grass is always greener. So once you get there, you know, it's not going to be enough. There's always going to be something else. Right. And look, so many women are depressed. They are not happy. They're not fulfilled. They're not joyful. And they're wondering why. And it's just that constant struggle for something that's never going to fulfill you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you would have asked me if I was a feminist, like even a few months ago, I would have said, eh, you know, not really <laughs> depends on what you're talking about, but yeah, it's just been recently that a real, some heart issues have just come to the surface and my marriage and my kids and my mm. health was suffering because of it. So do you find that feminism doesn't always have to be like outright, but maybe it's some beliefs we have in our heart or what could that look like? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I wrote a book called Girl Defined, and I talk about, you know, three pillars of counterfeit womanhood and three pillars of biblical womanhood, but a lot of them, they're just very subtle, these messages that we hear. Mm -hmm. So like one of the pillars is independence. And independence in a general sense is good. Like, yes, we want to be able to take care of ourselves and manage things and be able to live as a human, of course. But I think there is such a push that it's almost like we want complete autonomy. Like we want to be just ourselves. Like we don't just the, even the, 
God's design for the family structure. It's like, no, like I am my own woman. And so without even realizing it in so many ways, we can even like push against and get upset at our, our husbands and our families because we're buying into these ideas like, okay, no, like this isn't good enough. This isn't enough. I need something different. Or you are the enemy within my home rather than mm. viewing them as a teammate. And so for me, I know there have been so many times, even in subtle ways where I've had to just take a step back and ask myself, like, what are my priorities? Why am I feeling this need to, even in you know the nonprofit ministry world, which I work in, why do I feel like I need more or need more followers or need more, 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 you know, mm-hmm. like more money, whatever it is. Why do I subtly feel like this? And oftentimes it's because I, I realize like I am looking out into the world and I'm hearing messages through music, through social media, just what other women have, the, the things that they're displaying. And I'm buying into this idea that I, what I have is not enough and I need more. And that's where true satisfaction is found. And so it can bleed into like a million different areas. But I think that for me, it's been so often subtle and without realizing like, oh, I'm chasing after things and pursuing things or making my husband the enemy just because I am being (laughs) kind of unaware and allowing these lies to creep in and I'm starting to chase after them. And I'm not taking time to pause and reflect and pray and, and see like where I'm actually going. And that's, I like to think of it with like a bullseye. You know, if we don't have a bullseye of where we want to go and what our goals are, we're not going to be aiming at anything. We're just going to be listening to the loudest voice. But if we know where we're going, which for me is striving to understand God's word, to be in relationship with him, to understand his design for marriage, for womanhood. And when that's my goal, then I know what I'm aiming towards and I can look at the other messages and I can compare it to God's word. I can compare it to what I'm reading in scripture. I can compare it to Titus and Proverbs and Mm -hmm. in Genesis, even the structure for marriage. And I can say, hmm, does this align? And for me, if it doesn't, then I know like, oh, this isn't helping me towards the bullseye. So I think it's important to have that bullseye or else those little messages, those subtle messages will creep in. And before you know it, it will be causing havoc and you won't know where it came from, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. And there's so much peace and freedom that comes when you align your life with what the Bible says. I mean, I have totally seen that in my own life. And speaking of lies, as I was reflecting over this, that when you say independence, I'm like, oh my goodness, yes, that's totally <laughs> the lie that, yeah. especially in Christian communities, like as Christian women, we're like, we can be the leader of our own yeah. home, right? Like we have that skill better than our husband. So we'll just take it over and oh we yeah, can do it better. we got this. <laughs> yeah, like I'm better than my husband or I know like being in the birth world, I was like, oh, I'm so strong because I can birth babies. So I'm stronger <laughs> than my husband because, you know, I'm pushing a baby out. Yeah. Like what's stronger than that, right? And it's pretty hard. <laughs> it, is, it is hard, yes. Or I can provide. And I think that goes mm. on the independence one. Like, like you were saying, you know, you're wanting more followers. You're wanting more. And the more you have, the more you can provide for your family. And it's like, that's not our main yeah. role as women. Mm-hmm. And even I hear all the time in the birth world, like the patriarchy is to mm. you have to tear down the patriarchy. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not the problem. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. I totally relate to that, you know, and it's interesting because I think that what you're saying about like the patriarchy and, you know, I grew up very conservatively and there were a lot of different ideas and messages. But, you know, it's amazing because we 
a modern people in the 21st century somehow think like we have all the answers for life, even though we have God's word, which has been around just historically and even around for so long, the most popular, most bestseller book in the entire world, also historically been proven accurate. So many reasons mm-hmm. to trust that, you know, Christ is who he says he is. And then we want to pick and choose. We want to say like, actually the one who designed us, who created us, who literally gave us this world and created male and female, uh, actually he doesn't really know what he's talking about. So we're going to have to redesign things and tell him how things work, you know? And it's like, what, you know, like what makes us think that we know so much better. And I love that you're saying that like true freedom and peace and life is found when we actually get back to our designer and follow his design. And instead of viewing it as oppressive structure and roles within the family, you know, obviously God calls men to lay down their lives for their families. Mm -hmm. Like what a sacrificial role. Instead, we're like, no, that's actually bad. I don't like that. Like how prideful of us to tell God the creator literally our designer like how things should work I mean when you stop and think about it it's like that's kind of ridiculous right yeah totally and you know it's just like Christianity is progressing right so like they say oh well the in the culture back then that's really what the bible is written for and like those are the rules that it was written for but now in the 21st century it doesn't really apply like that structure doesn't apply because the bible was written so long ago Mm. and so it's a lie and it yeah true freedom comes when you follow and the bible spans all cultures all time and it's yeah yeah well and you know when we look at it and we see like just the direction that culture is going and it's not popular to say these things but just even on a practical level it's like the direction that we're going won't even sustain our world you know like just you see that people, yeah. men and women, just even the basic structure of bringing humans into the world, it was made for a reason. And so I think that even on a practical level, there are so many reasons that point to God's design and just his, you know, the structure and thriving of a family when you have a husband and wife who are in a home. I mean, I'm in a young marrieds group and I know so many of my friends who are now married and they're still impacted by their broken homes or their parents' mm-hmm. divorce. And you just see when we don't follow God's design and we break that structure, how damaging it can be even for the next generations that follow. And so I think that instead of pushing against it and saying, well, here are all the ways that humans did it wrong, Mm -hmm. instead go, okay, yes, humans have gotten things wrong 100%, but how can we get back to the good, the perfect, the way that God wants it and lean into that and ditch the human stuff, you know? But we want to bring all the human stuff in and say, here's why it's not working. Like, of course, because we're humans and we're trying to do our own thing. So in my opinion, I think we need to, yeah, acknowledge the human errors, but get back to God's actual good design for marriage. Oh, good. So speaking of that, what does the Bible say about being a woman and biblical womanhood, femininity? So in my book, Girl Define, we actually, I actually, I always say we, cause it's my sister, Kristen and I, but it's like, I'm just one person here. <laughs> I'm always speaking like we, we wrote an entire chapter on this. And it's been so interesting to me, even though this was actually the first book I wrote, it's still been like our bestseller, our most popular. And to me, it's just a, like a, you know, a response from women saying, Hey, we want direction. We mm-hmm. want guidance. We want to know what we were made for. And I think it's so important to go back ultimately to Genesis and to see 
like you have to reflect back there. So I would encourage the listeners to go, even if you've read it a million times, or if you've never read it at all, go to Genesis one and two and just see the creation, the beginning, the first male, the first female marriage being instituted. It's so beautiful and it's so telling. And it's such a, such a picture of God's design for humanity for days and and years to come. But in the beginning, one of the first things we see is we see that a woman, the female Eve was created to be the helper. And it's crazy because when you look back at it, you see that Adam was created first and God gave him instruction. He put him in the garden. He was training him and showing him how to manage and to work. And then God said in Genesis that this was not good, that he was not made to be alone, that everyone had a helper. Everyone had a partner except Adam. If you're familiar with the story, you see that he was put into a deep sleep and then God took one of his ribs and from that created woman. And at that point, God said it was very good. And in Genesis 2.18, we see that, that it's not good. And then God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. And then just as the verses go on, he says, once he created her, that it is very good and that his design was complete. And when we look at Eve being the helper, it's not a lesser than, it's not a beneath position, it's a different role. So I like to say equally valuable, but purposely different. And so when you think of your role as a woman, it's not lesser in value, It's just different. And when we look in society and we look at different jobs, we're not like, okay, well, you know, that job is unnecessary and this one is the better. Oftentimes we're like, no, it's, they're both needed. They're just different. And we think of just the difference of just even people and personality. How beautiful is it that we have so much diversity to create this beautiful world that we live in? And with men and women, it's the same way. Not only are we physically different, but we're also just emotionally and just our entire makeup down to our DNA is so different. We were just created to fill different roles and it's a beautiful thing. So that's the very first part of our womanhood that is just ingrained into who we are. We were created ultimately to be helpers and to have that unique aspect of us uh, from the very beginning in Genesis. So that would be the first thing. Are you hoping for a natural birth, but feel anxious and confused about the process If this is you, I have really good news. There is a way you can confidently navigate through natural birth. You can know you're making the right decision for you and your baby. If you're a first-time mom who's overwhelmed and doesn't know where to start with natural birth, or you've had a baby before but your experience was traumatic and you want something different, I can help you. I'm a registered nurse, home birth doula, and mother of three beautiful girls. I understand what it's like to feel overwhelmed by all the choices about birth. It's easy to feel alone and confused. I too was once pulled along in a birth process that traumatized me. I had a C-section that I didn't want, and it started me on a journey to experience my own natural birth. I created the Empowered Mamas Birth Course because I love helping other moms find peace and excitement about natural birth too. With the Empowered Mamas Birth Course, you can also feel confident about your pregnancy and childbirth plans. This course offers a five-step framework that has everything you need all in one place, organized in a simple, easy-to-follow format. This means no more feeling overwhelmed by all the info available on the internet, no more feeling lonely without a community to support you in your birth process, and no more fear that you're making the wrong decision and don't have a great birth plan. With this course, you will learn how to dream and make the best decision for your natural birth. You will learn exactly how to prepare for labor 
and what to expect in the process, you will have everything you need to thrive during postpartum. Wouldn't that be amazing? Imagine how great it will feel to wake up every morning feeling excited and confident about the birth of your beautiful baby. The Empower Mama's Birth Course five-step framework will give you all the knowledge you need along with a great community of Empowered Mamas to support you in your birth process. And some of you have asked if I could personally answer your natural childbirth questions and help you create a birth plan. I've never offered this before, but right now when you register for the course before midnight on May 14th, I will include a free 60-minute birth prep call with me. In this call, I will help you gain clarity about what you want for your birth, discover hidden fears that is holding you back, and give you practical steps to move forward towards your dream birth. Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to offer this again. So don't wait. Go to empoweredbirthpodcast.com to sign up now. I'm so excited that you will feel confident and secure in the choices that you're making for your natural birth. Go to empoweredbirthpodcast.com to sign up now for the Empowered Mama's Birth Course. You will be so glad that you did. That's empoweredbirthpodcast.com. That's so wonderful. And then you also, you had a second pillar of femininity, of of biblical womanhood, and that's she produces life. Can you go a little bit into that? Yeah, absolutely. So that is the second pillar. She produces life. So we have she helps others, which we see in the garden in Genesis. And then we have she produces life, which just a few chapters in, we see that God put man and woman into this covenant of marriage. And it through their intimacy, their deep knowing of one another physically, just seeing how perfectly their bodies fit together, then the woman becomes pregnant. And God didn't make it so that Adam could carry life and nurture it. He made it so that the woman of all of his entire design, he said, this is the special job role that I want to give you. And can I just say, like, I am so offended and just absolutely appalled by how we are trying to diminish this in our modern day. You know, just the ridiculousness of, no, it's just a human giving birth or chest feeding or all this ridiculous stuff. Like, no, you know, I can't believe the feminists aren't outraged by this. Like, are you kidding? (laughs) Like, where are you? Like, people are trying to take away the things that make us women and you're just letting them. But we see that that's God's design. It wasn't accidental. It was on purpose. And I think that we as women need to take that back and see the beauty in it and see, wow, God literally created us as women to produce life. And I know, you know, my sister, Kristen, she struggled with infertility for 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. And so I know that just because this is God's design for us, doesn't mean physically every single one of us will be able to get pregnant and produce life in that way physically. And that's just a part of the fallen world that we live in. But just because we can't physically do that with our own bodies, um, those of us that can't, it's part of our design. And so thinking, wow, it's not just the giving birth, it's actually the giving life and producing life. And so whether that's through children I birth, through adoption, through children that I invest into and disciple and love, that's just a part of our womanhood. And I think it's so beautiful and something that every woman can enter into, whether she truly is single or married. Because if you're single, think you can love others. You can invest into those younger than you or children around you in your church or in your community. Maybe it's even younger siblings. And so there's something so beautiful just about our unique role in this world that men literally cannot do. They cannot produce life and make this world go on. We need them, but they can't actually carry life into the world. And 
instead of just viewing that as like, well, I wish I couldn't do this because look, men, they get it. They get it easy. Like, no, let's take it back and see the beauty. And I just wish women would see the beauty in it and embrace it. And so I love what you're doing on this podcast because it's exactly what you're doing. You know, you're like empowered birth. You're saying, let's see the beauty and, and talk about all the intricacy of how amazing that is. So that would be the second pillar which I would say is a part of God's just immediate design for women and something that makes us so unique and just special in a way that we get to uniquely glorify him. Oh, it's so beautiful. And it just almost brings me to tears just thinking about how good God is that he gave that job to us women. And it is a powerful job. Like you were saying, men can't do that, but that doesn't mean we have to throw it away. Like let's steward it so well and be thankful for that opportunity and for that job. And life is so important. And so just valuing that. And then also, I mean, he knew exactly how birth was going to work and happen. And Mm -hmm. he has his own design in that whole process. And so when you dive deeper into that process of birth, you just see his finger prints all over it. And it's just so beautiful. So, oh my goodness, I just kind of switching gears here and going into that birth, talking about that. You chose a home birth. Can you go (laughs) into a little bit of why you did that and your decision-making behind that? Yeah. So like I mentioned in the very beginning, I come from a family with eight kids and I'm 32. So just to give some time of, you know, my mom, how old she is and when she was giving birth. And so from me on down had home births. And that's something that her and my dad there, I guess they were a little bit hippie in that way. You know, they decided to homeschool. They just always kind of thought outside the box. They were entrepreneurs, just that whole thing. So (laughs) for me and my husband, when we got married, his mom didn't have home births, but Dave, my husband was just super open to the idea Mm -hmm. of just a different option. And it's in my community, it's not necessarily like everyone's doing home births. I I don't even know of my friends. I think I might be the only one, but I actually started out by going to a hospital that actually had midwives. And when I went for me, I was like, you know, I had heard that it's so important to make sure that you are giving birth in the place where you mentally feel like you are like the most confident, the most at peace. And so for most women, that probably would be like, oh, the hospital with everything, all the mm-hmm. technology and everything around. But for me, for some reason, I just didn't feel like it was the best spot. I didn't feel comfortable. I, I wanted to feel like I could move around and just, I don't know, have the freedom to do what I wanted to do. And because of my experience of seeing my mom give birth, and I mean, I'm sorry, she was like a super birther, like it was like ridiculous. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be that amazing at giving birth. And just like, you know, she, it was, she was like an athlete in it. Like, here we go. And then she would, you know, literally we were all in the room. She was just, you know, a pro, but I knew I was like, I probably won't be like that, but I, I at least had seen it. So I felt like, Hmm, maybe. So my husband and I talked about it and we started doing some research and I found out that the midwife my mom had used was actually still kind of like part-time practicing. And she's kind of known in San Antonio where I live as like the grandma of all midwives. Oh. She's totally just like hilarious and kind of a hippie, you know, and just just um, just great and amazing. She's actually also a Christian. So mm-hmm. that was something, you know, just getting together with her and talking and seeing like, wow, she sees the beauty in birth. Yeah. She sees just, you know, our need for Christ and bringing him into mm-hmm. this experience. And just her, you know, because birth is a very spiritual process. And so I think that having, for me, having someone who understood like 
who, how miraculous life is and how God is the giver of that gift. And just someone who would be willing to pray or, you know, understand if we were playing like worship music or whatever, just to be it part of that whole experience. I was like, wow, that is amazing. You know, and I didn't really think that would have been a part of my story, getting to, to have someone who was a Christian and ending up doing a home birth, but Mm -hmm. God was so good and just directing our steps. And so we ended up deciding like, Hey, okay. After thinking and praying about it, like, let's go for it. And I think my midwife, knowing that she has been practicing for so many years, has delivered, you know, I don't even know how many babies (laughs) also is a Christian also just, you know, that whole, it's just like a whole feel that went along with it. We decided that that's what we were going to do. And, you know, I know it can seem scary, especially for like a first time mom, like you don't know how your body's going to react, but my midwife, she reassured me, you know, like if there are any signs, anything that's like going wrong or anything leading up to it, like we're not taking any risks, like we're not taking any chances. So of course we had our backup plan and, and everything in place, but you know, I heard over and over again, and I'm sure on your podcast, you've talked about this so many times, but birth really is the most natural thing in the world. You know, it's what keeps our world going. And in so many ways we've been taught as women that it's almost like a, like a surgery or a disease Mm -hmm. or like, Oh, something you're trying to fix when it's like, no, most of the time, in most cases, our bodies, they know exactly what they're doing. And if we just allow them to work, they will work you know, the way that they're supposed to. And so as a first time mom, I was really encouraged, like, okay, you just have to work so hard to kind of like get mentally, get your brain out of the way so that your body can do the work. And so when the whole process started, I, you know, was doing all the things, trying to prepare. I really wanted it to work, but I was also very open-handed and the day came and it was actually Valentine's day. My husband and I were, we had just gone to dinner and it was a few (laughs) days before my due date. And we left dinner and literally the moment we pulled up to our apartment. So Yes, I was living in an apartment. I didn't even tell the neighbors. And I was just like, I'm just going to try not to be loud so they don't wonder what's going on at 3 a.m. But we pulled up. And the moment we pulled up, I started my first real contraction. And it was a crazy experience and amazing and wonderful. The whole thing lasted about seven hours. So it was actually very short Mm -hmm. considering for a first time. But it went amazing and so well. And we had a beautiful son that was born right in our room. And Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved the experience. And if God blesses us with another one, I think I would absolutely love to have a home birth again. It was such a beautiful experience. And, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. I think it's, it's just an amazing process and a gift. Like I say about birth and pregnancy, like I know that not everyone can get pregnant. Like I know my sister, you know, struggling with infertility. So it's a gift and an experience that I do not take for granted. Yeah. Wow. There's so much in that. I love, I just love the mentorship that was happening with your midwife. And just, I know that feeling I have that with my midwife and it's just such an intimate, like, I mean, I guess it's like a Titus two relationship between your midwife and you. And it is so beautiful. Like the older women teaching the younger women to love their husbands and their children. It's just like, it's so such an amazing thing that I think so many women miss out on. And I just, I love that your husband was open to researching, right? Oh yeah. So easily could have been like, absolutely not. We're not, you know, and so many husbands are. So it's really neat that he was even open to talking about that. Yeah. You know, and it is something I am so grateful for. And he was literally right there. He was Mm, very much involved in the process and he was, you know, 
Davey came out so fast, so I don't know if anyone caught him, but, you know, Dave was trying to catch him and he was like my teammate. And I know that that is not something everyone has, but it's amazing when you can get on the same team and when you, even as a wife, are patient and strive to, you know, invite him into that process and and not to just say, okay, I'm going to talk to the midwives or I'm going to talk to my OB or whoever. And, you know, you don't understand. And how come you don't relate? How come you don't get what I'm going through? Like being patient and welcoming and inviting their feedback and inviting them into the process, the more you can unify in that, because it really is, you know, both of you, like you are giving birth, but he, you couldn't really be there without him. So being more of a team in it, was absolutely so beautiful. And, you know, just a memory that I cherish so much between the two of us having gone through that together. Like, wow, you know, you go from being in a relationship, dating, engaged, married, and all of a sudden you're in like the most personal, hard experience of your life together. Like my, how times change just over a few years. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. That's so true. And it's so funny. Like after every home birth I have, I've only had two, I guess, but I've had three babies. And after, each birth that I have our marriage, like something shifts in there. There's something Mm. powerful that happens between a marriage. And this a pastime, actually, when I was believing a lot of these like feminist lies of like, I'm independent. I need Mm. to be autonomous. Like nobody touch me. I'm like, I don't need my husband. (laughs) And then when I was in the thick of labor, I'm like, Oh, where is he? Like I need his strength. I need to lean on him. And it's just like a beautiful picture. And I'm sure God knew exactly what he was doing when he designed birth, because he knew like, this is a man and a woman together Mm. who need to lean on each other to bring life into the world. And it is so powerful and so beautiful, but I have a lot of moms who talk to me and they they'll message me and they'll be like, I really, really want a home birth, like so bad. But my husband has said no and they just won't do it. And, you know, back, (laughs) I would even say a year ago, I'd be like, well, he's not the one giving a baby. So Mm. you can just do whatever you want to do. And you tell him what you need and then you do it. And (laughs) my heart has changed, Bethany. Mm. Oh my goodness. But I'm just curious what you would say, what encouragement you would give to these moms who are like, my husband is totally closed off to it. What do I do? Uh, That's hard, you know? And I I remember when I was in that, the very beginning kind of searching phases, I wasn't sure at the beginning, because like I said, we started going to a hospital, which had midwives, but it was for sure like a hospital setting. And that's what we were kind of planning on. And then I was like, oh, I'm not so sure I want this. But from the beginning, and this is not like, oh, oh, my heart was just perfect. But from the beginning, I had made like an internal commitment that this is a team effort and this mm-hmm. is something we need to do together. So if my husband is not comfortable or doesn't feel safe with the idea of a home birth, that we're a team and we want to I want to be in a place where both of us feel comfortable and both of us are in this together. And I have, you know, a good friend would love the idea of a home birth, but her husband's mom had a lot of troubles when she was giving birth. And so her husband, it's really hard for him to imagine like, oh, but what if something goes wrong? Like with my mom, Um, And so I just think having more compassion and understanding, also realizing like, you know, he isn't you and he doesn't understand exactly what you're going through. So having grace, having patience. But I think the number one thing that we as women and wives can do is to 
not a nag or, or a throw mm-hmm. like, you know, are bold. Like, I don't care what you want. Like, this is me and my body and I'm going to do whatever I want. But instead having a posture of humility mm-hmm. and saying, God, you know, this is what I would want. This is my desire. And I'm going to pray that you would change my husband's yes. heart. And I truly think that would be the most effective way to go about it. But if not just saying, this is not the end of the world. This isn't like a hill to die on. This mm-hmm. is something that he feels really strongly about. And I have a difference of perspective, you know, and even though I would love a home birth, we're a team in this and he helped bring this life into existence. And so just having more of a posture of humility in those conversations and then just remembering like we're a team. And if this isn't something he feels comfortable with, then that's okay. And the more that we mentally and internally and just personally with the Lord work on that, it's amazing how our hearts can change. Because even though at the point where I was like, I really think I want a home birth, if my husband were like, no, I really don't feel comfortable with that, we would have communicated and talked about it. But ultimately, I had to come to that place where I was okay with it. And I'm telling you, like, even though I wanted a home birth, I got my heart to a place where it wasn't the end of the world and it would have been okay. And with my friend, she's done the same thing, even though she thinks having a home birth would be really cool and such an awesome experience. She loves her husband. She values him. And instead of making him the enemy, she's Mm -hmm. leaned into that and they've been able to enjoy both of them fully the birth process together. So don't think that just because you are in a hospital and you want a home birth that you can't have that amazing experience because you're bringing a life into the world. And that's the core. That's the most incredible thing. So focus on the joys and the positives and don't make the differences and the like, well, I'm not getting ultimately what I want, like the the end of the world, really strive to be a team in this. And I think that there really can be so much joy in the process, even if it's not exactly what you wanted. Oh, amen. And I just even think like as wonderful and beautiful as home birth is, it can become an idol very, very quickly, very Mm. quickly. And that it has to do with that heart posture. And so, yeah, just coming before the Lord and really he's the one who's going to guide your husband's heart. And if a home birth is what you were supposed to do, he's going to reveal that to your husband. And we don't need to be the nagging wives (laughs) to get them to manipulate or change their minds Mm because it doesn't work. It just brings strife between you two. So, oh oh my goodness. Well, Bethany, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you have any last thoughts or words that you would want to give my Mm -hmm. audience? Yeah. You know, I'm just so glad that you're here and that you're listening to this amazing podcast. I think that it's being a woman is so wonderful and exciting. And the more that you, you you know, whether you are a Christian, religious or not, I think the more you press into, okay, why am I designed this way? Why am I created this way? I think the more you press into that and strive to learn, which in my opinion would be from God's word and mm-hmm. you know why I wrote Girl Defined to help with that process. But I think the more you do, the more you'll come to appreciate and enjoy and love the way that God designed you. So I would just encourage you to continue pressing into podcasts like this, books like Girl Defined, getting into the Bible, reading like Genesis 1 and 2, reading Proverbs 31, Titus 2, passages in the the Gospels about marriage. And I think that you'll find so much excitement and beauty in God's design for you as a woman and for marriage. Oh, so great. Hey, where can they find your book, Girl Defined? Yeah. So if you'd go to my website, girldefined.com, you can find pretty much everything there or obviously like any major bookseller, Amazon, they've all got it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we'll put that link in the description below and links to find you and connect with you. And I just thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. I just love this conversation. 
Thank you for having me. This has been such a blast. Thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm so excited to have you a part of the movement. And if you haven't joined our private Facebook tribe yet, go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered mamas tribe. We would love to have you there and a part of our community. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast.